Thank you for joining us on a Morley Podcast with Tony May. Morley Podcast is purpose-built for America. Through our military veterans and military supporters, we show that the values and qualities that built this country, such as service, sacrifice, respect, and faith, are not dead. A Morley Podcast builds community so individuals can improve their community. Welcome to a more elite podcast. We are live again this Thursday at 12 o'clock Eastern. A Ranger for Life exists to inject the holistic wellness practices of Army Rangers back into America. And one of the things that we learn is to be a member of a team in a tribe. And we couldn't be more happy to have on today's podcast, Cassie Elder from Warrior Scholar Project, to hear a little bit how folks can prepare for higher education, right? So Cassie, thank you so much. Where are you joining us from? Um, thanks for having me. I, um, I live in Chelsea, Michigan, which is right outside of Ann Arbor where University of Michigan is located. Where you went to school. Yes. <laughs> right, so we do appreciate you taking time, you know, out of your schedule to be with an Ohio State Buckeye. We understand that, you know, it's probably a little easier this year than in previous years for something like this. What's the weather like up there right now? It's freezing. There's snow on the ground. Um, it's definitely winter. <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet. So um, I want to start by you kind of telling us a little bit about yourselves. I mean, there, there's some credence for what you do with Warrior Scholar Project. I mean, you went to school after your service right? At, at a great institution, but you were a Marine. So what brought you, was it family? What brought you in, into the core? Yeah. Um, so I come from a military family. My dad was in the Navy. My brother was an army ranger. Um, my grandpa was in the Navy. Um, just a lot of every, pretty much all of the men in my family were in the military. I was um, graduating high school. I didn't apply to any colleges. College is not, um, it's not a fixture in my family. No one aside from my sister um, has gone to college. And so it wasn't a thing that it was like that knowledge wasn't passed on. Like, when do you start applying? How do you start applying? So I just never did. I didn't apply to any schools. And um, I ended up going to like a local community college. I didn't like it. It wasn't a good fit for me at the time. And so I wanted to do something else. And I, in, in a very drastic way, I was trying to change my situation in the fastest way possible. And I had friends that joined the military and, you know, they were here and gone. Like they, their whole life, lives changed instantly. And I wanted that. And I wanted to push myself. And so I started researching which branch of the military is the toughest. And the Marine Corps came up time and time again. And so I just like went down to the recruiter's office. This was in 2005. So they were, you know, if you had a pulse, they were going to recruit you. And I just walked in and I was like, I want to be a Marine. And they were like, okay. And then three months later, I left for basic training and that was it. I didn't 
at the time, it was a very naive decision because at the time I was like, I'm just going to try this out, not realizing that it was like a four year commitment. Um, but I did it and I got through it. Um, I did a couple of deployments um, and I a lot of people ask me if you had the chance, would you do it again? Absolutely. I would absolutely do it again. I learned so much about myself through that experience. I think that I'm way more resilient and focused. And when I have a goal in mind, I'm steadfast in that. And I follow through in achieving that goal. Um, and I, I credit all of that to being in the military. Yeah, if the military can do one thing, it can definitely um, either give or enhance personal responsibility. And you yes. were a combat engineer, yeah. am I correct? Was that, was, that, was that your role? Were you able to use those skills while in the military? Yes, I um, I was a combat engineer, uh, the, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, you got to like blow stuff up." No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> I was more of the um, construction part of the combat engineer, and so when I deployed, that was what we did. We built um, forward operating bases or combat outposts, and did all of the like birthing. Um, units inside of those. Um, and so I'm super handy around the house now because I am familiar with all the power tools and, um, you know, how to, I could build just a basic sort of housing structure with all of the knowledge that I have. So coming out of the military after having a, a, a previous attempt at some higher education, wasn't the right time, wasn't, mm -hmm. wasn't the right fit. Was that a thought in your mind of, when I get out, I will get this at like that. Was that a always remained a goal that was kind of forefront in your mind? It was it. Um, when I first joined, I was like, I'm, I don't want to think about school about halfway through. I realized I was only going to do my four years and I knew I needed to have a plan for when I transitioned out. So about maybe eight months or so before I separated, I started looking into using tuition assistance and going to the local community college to the base where I was at. And I just took like one or two classes each semester trying to figure out how to be a student and really um, just having that experience of the transition so that when I did separate and I applied to four-year institutions, I would have a better standing and a better idea of what that would look like on the outside. Um, it didn't, uh, I, it was kind of the same thing as like jumping into the military, the experience, even though going to community college is amazing. I told, I'm an advocate for community colleges. I think that they're a great first stepping point for folks who are wanting to move into a four-year institution. Um, but the experience between community college and a four-year institution is very different. And I was not as prepared as I thought that I was in moving into that four-year institution. And that's where Warrior Scholar Project comes in. We offer that experience to folks. And it's, it's this very immersive experience that we, we cover pretty much all of the aspects of what it's like to be in a four-year institution and preparing folks to what they're going to expect while they're at that 
four-year institution. And Warrior Scholar Project wasn't around when I was doing that transition. So I did a lot of the, the prep and just figuring things out as I was going a lot on my own. There weren't I mean, that was back in like 2010. So there weren't a lot of resources for transitioning veterans as there are now. Well, let's talk, let, let's kind of dive into, let's not talk about the University of Michigan anymore and your experiences there. Cause I mean, that would be great for me, but let's really <laughs> kind of dive into the, the Warrior, Warrior Scholar Project. So, so who is it for? Has it evolved? Who's it, who it's for kind of over its life cycle a little bit? I think so. At first it was, it really focused on veterans who are already enrolled in four-year institutions. And now we cover the spectrum of military community. So active duty, reserve, National Guard, veteran, doesn't matter. We're here to serve all of those folks. And in some cases, it's, I don't want to say that it's better because there's it, it, the, the point at which you start exploring higher education is different for everyone. That journey is different. Um, but we get a lot of folks who are still active duty. They might have two years left on their enlistment, but they're thinking about what they're going to do once they separate. And so they'll come to us and they, you know, they say, I really want to um, you know, I really want to go to Harvard and like be a doctor or something like that, but I haven't been in school or touched a textbook in like 10 years. And so that's where we come in. And it can be the same for separate people who are separated that have been separated for 10 years. They'll come to me and say, I haven't touched a textbook in like 20 years. I'm 34 years old. I don't know how I'm going to fit in. And we also cover all of those aspects too. We talk about that experience because a lot of us have had those experiences. We've gone through it before. And so we'll have those conversations about what to expect as a non-traditional person, a non-traditional student in a very traditional environment. And all of the different experiences that you will likely come up against and how to prepare your response to those. So instead of getting angry that there are students coming in and they seem hungover, or they're in their pajamas, they're not taking it seriously. And you're there because you're very serious about, you've been made a very deliberate decision to be sitting in that classroom. So instead of getting angry, we, we start talking about that you will have these experiences and here are different ways in which you can respond so that you're not just reacting in the moment. Um, I've had I, I've had those experiences when I was going to University of Michigan. At, I think I was a senior, so I was probably 25 and all of the other people in my class were much younger. One of the, the students said something that didn't sit well with me about military service. And I reacted in a way that now is, uh, I, I tell the story because it's a true thing that happened and I don't want pe people to go through that, other people. So it is embarrassing for me because I've reacted in a way that I wish I hadn't, you know, reflecting on it, wish I hadn't. But those are the things that we talk about. These are the conversations that you're going to have. And instead of reacting to them in the moment, we can talk about that in this sort of safe space, I hate using that word, but like the safe space that we've created through Warrior Scholar Project and, and work through those things so that you're not doing them 
out in sort of the civilian sphere, because as we know, it's um, you might be the only representation of a veteran that that person will ever meet. Um, and especially as a woman, like I'm a lot of the people that I meet, I might be the only woman veteran that they ever meet in their lifetime. And so I, I have somewhat of a responsibility to control that, um, that, um, experience for that person so that they walk away with a positive experience instead of a negative experience. So we just talk a lot about the transition process and what to expect when you're going to step in that classroom. And we also talk a lot about other stuff, academics. We have very extensive and um, intense academic experience that folks go through. Uh, and we replicate what it's like to be on a, a campus. You have lectures and discussions by university professors that are very rich and um, there's uh, it's engaging. It's not just like you're being talked at by this professor. These professors want to hear what, what we have to say. So they're very engaging. And then depending on the curriculum that the person decides to um, attend, there are different components that are um, interactive. So in our humanities curriculum, which is like a liberal arts focus, there's a, um, a large component dedicated to writing and you write and craft an academic paper that you then turn in at the end of the week. There's, um, we have a STEM curriculum and in that um, week, the students engage in a research project. And then in the business and entrepreneurship curriculum, they engage in a marketing and business plan that they develop around a product that they've created to solve a problem in the world. So it's not, it's very, all of the courses that we offer are very engaging and dynamic. If you're not just like sitting in front of a screen and watching videos, all of the lectures are happening in real time. All of the research and all of the projects that the students are engaged in are happening in real time. And, and in doing all of this, they're creating a community amongst themselves and a support network that they can then lean on as they're moving through their educational journeys. That was a lot. <laughs> no, well, so this is what I hear, right? <laughs> and, and so to put it for, for veterans, and then for non-veterans listening, there's something that we do in the military when we go from our home bases to a, a train, different training location or, or combat zones. And it's reception, staging, onward movement and integration. So RSOI, it's, it's a very common term. And what Warrior Scholar Project does through its in-person and now virtual, I think COVID um, forced, forced virtual and something that y'all are continuing are, are, are these really it's 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 that integration slash reintegrating like if you want to go to college you are going to go to the college the college doesn't necessarily come to you so how do you best prepare for success and in your role right as a recruiter and and and, and trying to inform people of how to get to a warrior scholar project now it used to be summer mm -hmm. right like pretty much summer on campus experience can you talk a little bit now as you've all evolved well, what are the options because not everybody's available in the summer that's right and that was one of the really i guess positive side effects of the pandemic in 2020 we went all virtual i mean 
that's pretty much the world stopped, right? So, but we right. wanted to continue our services. And so we offered all virtual services at that time. And so the concept is the same. The We're still partnered with all of these universities across the nation. The, um, the professors come from those universities. They deliver the curriculum that we've designed. Um, it's all very much the same. The schedule didn't shift that much. The only difference was that you're missing that in-person component. And it was um, during the summer. And last year, we did five in-person courses. The rest of them were virtual and just in the summer. And then we wanted to branch out and see if, because you're right, not everybody is available in this time or that time. And our mission is to remove barriers for transitioning service members to higher education. And so that means sort of massaging our timeline a little to meet those needs. So we did one course in October, at the end of October, a virtual course. It went really well. And then we're offering two more courses next week. They start next week mm -hmm. in a humanities and STEM curriculum. And the feedback that we've received from these virtual courses is that it's more accessible for some folks who cannot just like drop everything and you know fly across the country for a week or two to attend our courses. They're much more manageable for, for some folks. And that's what we're trying to do. And because of the positive feedback that we've received from folks about the virtual courses and offering them different points of the year, we are going to continue to do that because we've seen that it is very beneficial for some people. And that's our mission is to reach all veterans, active duty service members, whomever, who that are interested in higher education. Or maybe, maybe you're just thinking about it. And that's another great um, service that I think we offer. It's another sort of side effect, I suppose, of Warrior Scholar Project. You come to our course, you don't pay for anything except for your travel to and from, or if it's virtual, it's totally free. You get a sense of what it's like. And if you don't like it and it's not for you, that's totally fine. We're not in the business of trying to force folks into going into higher education. We just want to help prepare folks and then sure. help them focus their goals and their drive so that when they're using their benefits, they're using them in the most efficient and effective way possible. Um, and if somebody goes to one of our courses and they're like, I don't really want to spend four years getting a bachelor's degree. I would rather use my resources on maybe a trade or a, certif a certification or something. And that's that's the goal is to help support veterans in their journeys, whatever that may be. And if that's how we can help them, then that's that's what we aim to do. What, what a great idea in terms of that almost try it before you buy it. Yeah. The ability to get on a college campus to do college style work with college style people um, and see like, oh, wait, th this is too much. This is just right. Or, hey, I, I can really handle this. Let's yeah. talk for a moment about some of the universities mm -hmm. um, that, that house Warrior Scholars. I mean, when I was looking at the opportunity, it didn't fit my needs having mm -hmm. a master's um, coming out. 
Mm-hmm. But I was intrigued by the opportunity that if I applied on time and was admitted, I could go to Harvard. The mm-hmm. only way I'd probably be allowed on the campus, by the way, <laughs> not through the admissions office, through the Warrior <laughs> Scholar Project admission program. Talk about some of the places that that veterans uh, active duty, if they get the time to do it. I mean, they could theoretically do it during leave if they wanted to. Where mm-hmm. are some of these places that they could they could go for the in-person? So we are at 21 different universities. I probably won't be able to name them all off the top of my head, but we are, um, some of our host institutions include Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Georgetown, Amherst. Um, We have really some great public institutions like Texas A&M, Arizona State, um, University of Michigan, and um, University of Southern California, University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, um, University of California at Irvine. I know I'm forgetting some, I didn't name them all, um, but we, are, we have an expansive reach across the United States. And I think that because we are in all of these we're in, you know, Ivy League schools, private institutions, public universities. It's a great way to, like you said, which I really like, try it before you buy it. If you think that, and I get that response a lot. Well, I'll, I really want to try the course at Harvard because that's the only way that I would get to experience it. And I, I, I try to dispel some of that because these professors they time and time again will say that the group of students that we've put together for these courses are the most engaged students that they've ever had, that the conversations and discussions are enriching and fruitful, and they absolutely love doing these courses and delivering the curriculum for us during that week, which is a a true testament to what veterans can offer and that universities like Harvard and Yale and Princeton, all of these places that seem unattainable are looking for veterans on their campus because we bring so much to the conversation. And um, a lot of times people will go through the course and they, they, they're like, I didn't think that I could do this, but now I'm so confident in my abilities that I'm going to apply to Harvard. I'm going to apply to Yale. And then they get into those places and it's amazing. And then they go on and get their graduate degree or they start working in these amazing places and, and just start doing amazing things for the world. Um, and so, I yeah, that was kind of a long answer to where we're located, but I kind of wanted to push back a little bit on because I hear that a lot. This is the only way I would ever be able to experience the school. But you get in, you fall in love, and you apply, and then they matriculate into those um, universities, and it's just really amazing to see. Yeah, I always told a long time ago that 80% of life is just showing up. So for the listeners out there who, who want to learn a little bit more, right, yeah. dive, dive a little deeper, um, where, where can they go to learn a little bit more and you know, they can probably do a contact form, but is there somebody that they can contact directly there a Warrior Scholar to, to really get the, the insight on what's going to be best for them? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a few folks on the outreach team. I would say um, I would probably be 
that point of contact for you. So um, you can go to our website, warrior-scholar.org. Um, you can find me under the team, under the team, and you can contact me through there, or um, I can give you my email. It's celder at warrior-scholar.org. Um, my contact information is on the page. Um, and then please reach out to us. You can you can start an application on our website. Once you fill out an interest form, that prompts us to reach out to you. So it would be either me or uh, Mike, the other person on our outreach team. And then we'll be happy to have a conversation with you, figure out what where you are in your educational journey, what your goals are, and then how we can best support that. And um, it's really a journey and we're walking together. And that's what we want to do is just walk with you on your journey and support you in any way that we can. And I want to go over one last thing in closing and throw a challenge out there. So as mentioned, the program once on the campus, right, it is free, free for virtual, of course, but once you're on campus, it's free, but there is the travel. Yes. So for, for our rangers that are listening, that, that population, rangers who go to Warrior Scholars with successful completion, Gallifrey Ranger program pays for your travel. That is how much we believe in taking that first step and putting your hat in the arena. So the challenge is there are other like-minded organizations in the special operations, conventional forces community. I challenge those organizations to allot money to specifically help individuals going through Warrior Scholars Project. You will not be disappointed. We have had over four Rangers in the past two years go to Columbia. Mm -hmm. We accepted in Columbia. Yeah. Right? It is, it is, and so some of those folks are going with that um, desire to go to that school, right? Like that's when you're really kind of wired on. You know, you want to go. You want to try it before you buy it. You'll use that experience maybe to look for your apartment. Uh, mm -hmm. that, but you, I mean, there, there is so much goodness that y'all have created Cassie. And we're just so happy that you decided to come on to take from your ho holiday time in, in, in the great state of Michigan. If there's ever anything that our Ranger for Life team can do for you, let us know. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks for throwing that challenge out there. That's also one of the biggest barriers that folks face is they're like, I would love to do this. I just can't afford the ticket across the U.S. Sometimes we can help subsidize that. But having other folks out there like yourself to help people pay for that experience is, I mean, that's just amazing. And we, we really appreciate that. Cassie, once again, thank you so much in the Warrior Scholar Project team for what you do. Have a very Merry Christmas and a happy holiday. Thank you. You too. All right. And for everyone else out there, as we uh, bid adieu right, right before the holidays, please stay safe. Spend some of your time today to do something great for someone else. Rangers lead the way. We hope you enjoyed a Morley podcast with Tony Maine, and we appreciate your viewership. If you'd like to hear more from Tony or one of his guests, you can view or listen to past episodes at TonyMaine.Podbean.com. Until next time, be a community builder for America.